throat If you move on me, I'm sovereign Cause I'm the king of the dogs Yes, it's true. I've been told that recently, three times this week. Why don't I cross-promote? Especially since everything in this year of all disasters started, I've lost about half my listenership because I meant this show to be a show you listen to when you commute or when you're at work and it's quiet. But right now, nobody commutes, either because they're not working or because they're working from home. So I've lost half my listenership Everything, <clears throat> sorry, ever since this, uh, this whole thing started. Um, but I don't cross-promote because I want it to have an impact when I do. I, I'm like Mr. Pink in Reservoir Dogs, tippings for the birds. You don't tip someone just because society says you have to tip. I don't want to promote other podcasts just because other podcasts keep cross-promoting each other. I'm going to promote a podcast when I've listened to it, when I like it, really like it, and I really like the person who does it. And it's the same thing for others. Don't promote my podcast if you haven't listened to it. Your listeners might hate it, and they're going to hate you in return. If you listen to my podcast and you like it, then tell them why. Like Englishman's Guide to Being a Better American by my friend Scott Mayer. I became friends with it by listening to his podcast. And he doesn't have all the, these effects that I do in my show to try to appeal to you. It's just him, his voice, and his wits. And I could listen to him read the freaking phone book. He's like a human weighted blanket. He makes you feel chill. He makes you feel nice. He makes you smile. He makes you laugh. I love listening to him. See, I never say things like that on my show, and I say it now, and I mean it. So I freaking mean it when I say that Sonny Hebburn and Brittany Fleeks from the Book of Lies podcast, The Two Sisters, are two of the most amazing human beings I have come across. Check out their podcast, bookoflies.com. Sunny, like a lot of us, have found herself uh, at a certain point unemployed, and she um, she didn't let that bug her down at all. She always has a smile. She always has a good story to tell. She always has energy. She started a garden to grow produce to feed her family. She built a chicken coop out of her own to have some eggs for her family. Her dog was sick from treats. She found out how make how to, sorry how to make 
uh, natural treats that would make her dog sick, made them from the produce she grows in her backyard, and she started selling it. That is amazing to me. And I got to tell you, they smell good because I did buy a bunch from her. I wanted to encourage her. That's really all I wanted to do. I, I think she's amazing, and I just wanted to encourage her. And then I got these these fantastic biscuits. She printed the name of the dogs on the freaking biscuits, and they smell good. And I was tempted, Sonny. I was freaking tempted. And I, I'm looking at the, at the ingredients. It's pumpkin, turmeric, brown rice flour, coconut oil, black pepper, eggs. It's nothing chemical. It's nothing weird. It's nothing gross. So I could eat them. I just I have a blockage in my head that I can't eat dog biscuits. But damn, they don't smell like dog biscuits. They smell like cinnamon cookies. I, I was tempted, really. So um, I, I bought them for two dogs for one of my neighbors who was really nice to us, and I wanted to say thank you. So I bought him a bag. And my brother-in-law, who has this huge, huge dog, and uh, I didn't know what to buy him for for his birthday. So I thought, hey, I'm going to encourage Sonny. And he uh, got a dog went through these things like crazy. And they're not really expensive. I sound like a bad salesman, but really, I was surprised. Even with the shipping, Sonny gave me a really good price on three bags, three big bags of treats. Um, and along the way, she sent me a, a face mask that uh, that Brandy did herself. And I wanted to buy more on her Etsy store because um, they're freaking awesome. <laughs> they are. It's really, it's the most comfortable face mask. I've, I've tried like five different types, and it's by far the most comfortable. Face mask, face mask. Sorry, I got a problem today. I can't talk. Most comfortable face mask I ever wore, and it's got nice little wine bottles on them. And I thought, man, that's nice. Um, she uh, she sent me one of those masks when uh, Sunny sent me the biscuits, along with uh, earrings that she made for my wife because uh, my kids are autistic, and um, autism has a symbol. It's the puzzle piece. So Brandy made me some fantastic little earrings with copper. Uh, shaped like a, like a puzzle piece, and my wife wears, wears them every day to go to work. When I say I, I, I can't stop gushing about how these two human beings are just massively admirable, I I just I can't stop praising you two. You are fantastic. So honestly, I'm not kidding. Try to, uh, <laughs> to go to Brandy's Etsy store if you want good face masks, and they're not expensive at all. It's uh, Geo and Grace on Etsy. And Sunny, it's uh, beautiesbiscuits.com. But first of all, listen to their podcast, and you're going to know what I mean when I say I only promote people that I like. You're going to love them straight away. It's bookoflies.com. For now, though, welcome after midnight. My name is Anthony from Montreal, Canada. I'm a night shift worker, have been for the last 16 years. Because during the day, as I said, I take care of my two teenagers who are both acutely autistic. It leaves me very little time to keep my sanity, and we all need right now to do something to keep our sanity. I do it through this. Every episode, I play five songs related to one specific topic. This week, thanks to uh, Sunny and the Biscuits, it's dogs! And we started with uh, Iggy Pop from his 2009 album Préliminaire. Yes, it's in French. That's why I pronounce it in French, because it was inspired by the writings of a French writer named Michel Welbeck. Uh, the album was his 15th studio album. 15th. I mean, that's that's prolific, dude. Uh, it sounds, it does sound like it was inspired by French vibes because you can almost hear the Louisiana twang in that song you just heard. It's called King of the Dogs. I really love it, but yet I, I haven't heard an Iggy song that I hated. I don't love them all, but I haven't hated a single Iggy song that I've heard so far. And I hope you liked it too. Thanking you so much for being back with me, those that are. And if you are back with me in the far future, once that, uh, commuting has started again, well, I forgive you. 
I am generous that way. Next two songs. Enjoy. It's him or me That's what he said But I can't choose Between a vegan and a pothead So I chose you Because you're sweet And you give me lots of loving And you eat meat Became my only man of the hour. You never lie and you don't cheat, and you don't have any baggage tied to your four feet. Do I deserve? To be the one Who will feed you breakfast, lunch and dinner And take you to the park at dawn Will you really be My only man of the Stole John Wick's car, sir, and uh, killed his dog. Oh. Stuck still 
I, I do always say I don't play top 40 songs. It's not that I don't play them. It's that I try to avoid songs that have been played to death on the radio. And yes, I know this one is a top 40 song, but it holds a special place in my heart. Um, in that, I remember the first time I heard a song by Florence and the Machine from their first album when it came out in the, in the winter of 2008-2009. The first song I heard from them was Shake It Up. And I, I remember exactly what I was doing. I was uh, at work in my current night job. It was my first winter there. I had been working nights for almost five years at that point, but I started a new job uh, that fall. This was my first winter, and I remember I was in this ugly kitchen because the building was basically a, an apartment building that a company bought and converted very quickly into offices. And uh, I was in a <laughs> cafeteria, which was... The kitchen before, and it was ugly as I mean, 1970s ugly. And um, I was listening to um, to radio on my MP3 player while I was in the cafeteria making coffee alone in this four-story building, all alone uh, in the middle of uh, downtown of a city I didn't know. 
and this song came on, and there was something that clicked inside. It's something that I'd never heard before, and it came out of left field. I was listening to a, a classic rock radio station, because, you know, if you listen to my show, I like classic rock. And this came on, it was like nothing they've ever played before in that station, and it was like little that I've ever heard before. And it was absolutely insane, and it gelled that moment in time for me. Like music often does. We say music is the soundtrack of our lives. This was the soundtrack of, of when really I started considering myself a night shift worker, a night guy. I remember the smell, the sound, the texture. It gave, it gave this moment a context. It gave this moment life to me. And that's, I think, how music should make you feel. It doesn't matter which style. If you like, I keep making fun of, of my friend Kat because she likes metal. If metal does that to you, then go for it. Really do. Florence and Machine did that for me. They cemented a moment in life. They gave texture to a moment of my life. Moment I discovered them, moment that I became truly in my head a night shift worker. So every time I, I listen to Florence and the Machine, for me, it equals night shift, working at night. And not in a bad way. On the contrary, it made... This experience that people say, poor you, it made it a good thing for me. It's uh, the song you just heard is called Dog Days Are Over. It's from their initial album in 2009. I really love it. I mean, there's there's this huge drum banging and this, this lady screaming out. And in the background, you can hear quite clearly a harp. Out of nowhere, you have a freaking harp coming in just twing, twing, all cute. In between this, boom, boom, boom. It's insane, and it works, and I love it, and I hope you liked it, too. Uh, before that, Nora Jones, also in 2009 from her debut, uh, no, not a debut album, from his fourth album, God, sorry, sorry, it was a really huge album, too. I think it it launched directly on number three in the charts. People were expecting that stuff. Uh, it was not a single. That song you heard was the closing song, the 13th song of the album. Not a single at all, but it's my favorite song. There's something about the way she muffles the piano. It's the way I learned playing piano for some reason. We had a piano in my home when I was a kid. Really old piano that my parents picked up at some kind of yard sale. And, and I used to press on the pedal to muffle the sound and play it like that. As I, I don't know. It made this, uh, this song resonate so hard with me. Um, and there's something about dogs that maybe people do blue songs. I don't know what it is. I'd like to find out why dogs equal blue songs. You're going to hear another one. I'm going to give you a great example about that. Are you a dog person or a cat person? Or is there such a thing? Because I always had dogs when I grew up, up until uh, up until I left uh, home when I was 17. Uh, we had always a dog at home. And then when I moved in with my partner, Eddie, uh, we had a little Shih Tzu dog for two or three years. Um, the thing, though, is that I, I always had a great time with dogs and, and ease with them. There's a dog here in the neighborhood. Everybody's afraid of it. And every time I take a walk and I come across it, just click. He and I, we're, we're good. We're buddy. And I, I, I can pet him and I can play with him and we're buddies. I have an ease with dogs. But um, a dog to me is like a kid. It's like a young child. It needs constant supervision and attention. It needs affection a lot. Constantly. Always have to take care of it. Um, so, uh, a couple of years ago, two, three years ago, I went to a really rough patch. I mentioned it before I went through PTSD and I felt that, uh, since I was always isolated at home with my autistic kids, I felt I needed something to help me 
cope with this because I was going to go crazy. And um, we thought about getting it a pet. But again, my wife works. Uh, I, I work at home. My wife works outside. And, um, and uh, when we had a dog before, she wasn't really taking care of it. It was always me. But she had been talking about getting a dog again for a number of years. You want a dog, a dog, a dog. And I thought, you know, I'm going to be the one taking care of it. And if I'm already at the end of my wits. I already can't take much more on right now. So um, so I did something I never thought I, I, I did. I suggested a cat. I thought, you can pet him and it just goes on the way it does its business. But the thing is, um, I don't know what happened to that cat. We got him in, when he was really, really young. And I was in a bad place, but we connected immediately. And I've never been a cat person. I've never had ease with cats. But this cat and I, we became bonded at the soul, like Morty and a dragon. Um, and it's always with me. The cat is always with me. When I work nights, It's uh, it, it stays up with me. I have a filing cabinet next to my office, to my desk, sorry. And uh, it sleeps there on the uh, on the filing cabinet while I work all night long. And when I go to bed, it comes with me. Um, my wife wants often to pet him and play with him. He wants nothing to do with her. He doesn't want to be taken, picked up by her. But I can pick him up, put him on my head, and stays there. Just if we really bonded. I never thought I'd say that. So I'm not a cat person. I've always been a dog person. Always had an ease with dog. But it's a cat that that's got me through a really rough patch. And and I gotta say, my best friend right now. Is a, a white and black, a white, sorry, white and gray cat named Pepperwow, because that's the sound he makes when he when he begs for treats. He says Pepperwow, that's my cat. So is there such a thing as a dog and cat person? I ask of you. You're all gonna have opinions. This is gonna be polarizing, but I'm telling you, I don't think there is such a thing. I think there's a moment that makes you click with your pet, whatever your pet is. I know that's my opinion. More music? You got it. I was in the kitchen Shameless as the dog was outside Well, I was in the kitchen Shameless my was outside
Osprey Rabbit, Cloud Cuckoo Land. We'll raise an army of master builders. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, you guys gotta check out these new subwoofers I installed in the back. I call them the dogs. Listen to them bark.
should have warned you that you were going to listen to a seven minute song i am so sorry folks well i'm not sorry i i'm if you've never heard that song before i'm glad that i made you discover it you may not have liked it but as i said it's one of those songs that defined a moment uh for me this came out in 1985 it was their first album love and rockets they're called if the name sounds vaguely familiar it means you were around in the late 1980s in 88 89 they had a massive global hit called so alive one of those songs that I mentioned that I've played so much on the radio that I can't listen to them anymore. I would never play that song on my show. But it's the year I discovered them. Back then, I did like that song, So Alive, I admit. And I started looking into them, who they were, and I discovered this album called Seventh Dream of a, sorry, <laughs> Seventh Dream of Teenage Heaven. And, uh, it, it, as I said before, I remember the moment I discovered this band. I remember the circumstances. I remember where I was. I remember the impact it had on me the first time I listened to Dog End of a Day Gone By. My favorite song on this album. It never came out as a single, but Jesus Christ. I love that song so much. I remember the summer. It was the summer I was spending with my grandmother. I used to go into boarding school when I was a teenager. Didn't spend a lot of time with my family. We It's a kind of school that we came out once every, every three or four weeks for four or five days because I was going there for eventually a religious vocation, which I dropped so fast afterward. Um, but in the summer, instead of spending the summer with my family, I would spend the summer with my grandmother. And uh, and I discovered uh, that album uh, that summer that I spent with my grandmother. I, I talked about it before. I did an almost entire episode about the summer of 1989 and what it meant to me. 
And uh, yeah, discovering that album, I remember the sound, I remember the smell, I remember the texture, I remember everything about discovering Love and Rockets. They were initially called Bauhaus. You might be more familiar with that. They had a huge hit in the late 70s, early 80s with a song called Bella Lugosi's Dead. They broke up in 1983 because the singer was a bit peculiar, didn't get along with the rest of the band. Um, they all broke apart for a solo career. Some of them joined other bands. And then in 85, they said, you know, you were good together. Let's try again. So everybody gets together, set up a meeting. Let's talk about this. But Lee Singer never shows up. Of course, the other three members said, you know, that was the problem. He was the problem. And we were the good music. So let's try it ourselves. The result is Love and Rockets. And I'm so freaking glad they decided to go it along without their lead singer. Just the three of them. They were really popular in the U.S., but they're a British band. Like Bauhaus, they were initially popular in the U.K. and then just fed out of sight. Nobody cared about them anymore. But in the U.S., they're huge. Completely huge. Speaking of huge in the U.K., Pink Floyd, <laughs> you just heard. That was Seamus. Um, I gotta say, it's not their most popular song. Quite the opposite. It's been uh, quite a few polls have put that song as one of the worst Pink Floyd song, according to uh, to fans. To me, um, to me, it was quintessential Pink Floyd. It was from the album Medley. Sorry, Metal. God, I keep calling it Medley because I had I had a roommate in college who didn't pronounce things right, and he called it Medley. Didn't understand it was Metal. Sorry, folks. Martin, damn you. Um, the album's called Metal 1971, and it was it's considered a transition period between the Sid Barrett era and the Pink Floyd of uh, Dark Side of the Moon, the Pink Floyd that we know now. Even though uh, Sid Barrett hadn't been with them for at least a couple of years at that point, they were still going in that same direction. They still were up to then playing songs that had been written by him and then when metal appeared, um, they were kind of in between. They were moving a little bit away from their R&B sound of Sid Barrett and trying to find out what they wanted to become. And by doing so, they started experimenting, which became the signature of Pink Floyd. I mean, Dark Side of the Moon is, is nothing but one long experiment. So is Animal, so has God named them. And this one is really, really special in that it shows what they had been doing to that point. They had been doing blues, and that song was kind of a parody of blues songs in that, let's put this behind us. So they were kind of both lampooning and paying homage to their debut while moving away from it. Also, there's this long-ass uh, solo guitar. When they started... um getting a little bit known, Pink Floyd, they had a, a limited repertoire of songs and they caught a residency in a club. They were playing every weekend, uh, three sets of 90 minutes for uh, for both days of the weekend, for uh, Friday night and Saturday night. And it was hard not to get repetitive because they were limited in their set list. So they started playing longer solos, guitar solos during the song. They realized that it makes the song longer, sometimes twice, three times longer. And you don't have to play as many songs, so you don't repeat yourself. And that also became a signature of Pink Floyd, if not of the whole 1970s in classic rock, long-ass solos. And this is one of them. This should be just a quick, a minute and a half blues song, but then in middle, whoops, you got this long solo that transforms it into a three, four-minute song. What's that about? That's why I love Seamus so much. 
And I know that Pink Floyd uh, scholars and fans will rip my head off for saying that, but it's one of my favorite Pink Floyd songs, and I played it on this show. You are welcome. You are also thanked from the bottom of my heart for being back with me. I know that a lot of listenership that I had um, left during this whole 2020 year of hell thing, and I understand why, and I don't mind, but I'm begging you, please keep listening to music. It's the one thing that gets you out of the depressive funk, at least for me, talking to myself and listening to good music, good positive music that moves you. It helps a lot. Depression is not that you feel sad. Depression is that you feel nothing. Music makes you feel something. Even if it makes you feel sad, it makes you feel something. So please listen to music that moves you. Speaking of which, um, I am going to end with probably the weirdest song I ever played on my show, if not one of the weirdest songs I ever listened to. I am not a fan of Tori Amos, I have to admit. And when that Conflict Girl song came out, I was sick of it really quick. And it was big, and it was huge, and it was everywhere. Um, one of the three inspirations for my show, I mentioned that show in Montreal. There was another one that I'll talk about another time, but Rob Delaney, the comedian uh, Peter the Mustache on Deadpool 2, uh, who also wrote and co-starred in a, a fantastic sitcom in the UK called Catastrophe. If you had a chance, if you need something to binge, it's so freaking good. Um, Rob Delaney had a radio show on the BBC until, I think, January that he dropped the show. Uh, I can't remember why he mentioned it, but it lasted for a while. Every Sunday, he would, uh, he would pick songs that are, aren't necessarily mainstream, but deserve to be listened to. He called it uh, Rob's Digs. And uh, and this song was in one of his shows, and I, I found myself flabbergasted that I actually liked a Tori Amos song. So I thought maybe it's time to play it here. Thank you so much again for being with me. If you would like to be on the show, I've had some communications for people who say, hey, you know, I'd like to be a guest on the podcast. Be online, please. Just prepare five songs that you like, something that you need to talk about. Maybe a topic, maybe something that moved you. I mentioned songs that have cemented a moment in time. Maybe go with that. Go with songs that represent something special in your life, the soundtrack of your life, if you want. Select that. Contact me. I am absolutely open and even eager to hear from people who would like to be on the show, just like I did uh, previously with Erica, with Scott, with uh, Pam. They were fantastic guests to have on. I have a little more, uh, some more guests lined up, but please, 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 don't be shy. Let's listen to Tori and Space Dog. Have a good week. Goodbye.
can't understand she truly believes the Goodbye.